I couldn't even hold her, which was the opposite of what the other babies. I was like, nobody else can hold her. But I was like, I can't even look at her. For like a good two, three, two weeks, I would say it was really bad. And Dave was like, would hold her. And I would just, and the boys would be sitting at the table while he was making dinner, while he had her in the Bjorn. And I would just look at him from the couch, like sweating, like a freak, like a freaking out and going, I don't know how you're doing that right now. You're listening to The Milk Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the milfiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is MILF Podcast, Moms I'd Like to Follow, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, raising those rascally little kids. I refrained from using the SH word because sometimes they are, and everything in between. And uh, today on the show, I'm so excited. We have Marnie Finkel, also known as Marnie Wilkins. It's her maiden name, and her jewelry studio, her beautiful, beautiful jewelry designs are Marnie, or Wilkins Studio. Marnie Wilkins is her maiden name. So Wilkins Studio, and we'll have all of the links to that on the website, milfpodcast.com. I just get so excited sometimes that my mouth doesn't move as fast as my brain does, which I'm just going to lean into as an ego thing and say, I'm I'm really smart, you guys. I'm just like really smart or something. Really enjoyed my conversation with Marnie. Marnie is funny. Marnie is really funny and very smart and very humble. She is the mother of three amazing kids and she has incredible hair, although she denies it. But I'm just going to let you guys know, like her hair is, it's just like Disney princess hair meets Pantene hair, L'Oreal, you know, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Anyway, I'm really into her hair. Really having so much fun doing the show, you guys. Please, if you like the show, like us, subscribe us, review us, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I'm cooking up some really exciting things and opportunities for my listeners with my team. I don't know what that is yet, but stay tuned and that will be revealed shortly, hopefully next week. I'm really grateful for you guys and I hope you're enjoying the ride as much as I am. As I ham. I ham. I don't actually eat ham. I think ham is just bizarre and tastes weird. Although I do like bacon, but I have this obsession. It's it's a mild obsession. Do you guys know what mini piglets are? Well, go look them up and say goodbye to 20 minutes because it's a real thing. And I think I need to have them as pets. Although I don't know how to rescue them. I'm a big advocate of, of rescue, rescuing dogs, uh, rescuing dogs. I have dogs. You would think I'm drunk. I'm not. I've actually haven't had a sip of alcohol in almost 20 years. It's just because I get so excited recording these because I just love doing this that I get a little tongue-tied. I am a big advocate of rescuing animals. I have two, currently two rescue dogs. Previous to that, I had another rescue dog. And previous to that, I had another rescue dog. So big, big advocate of rescuing animals. If you are considering a pet, please consider going to your local shelter or rescue group first because there are so many incredible dogs that need homes. And all of the rescue dogs that I've had, by the way, it's like they know because the gratitude I feel from them, not that, you know, if you got a puppy from a breeder that they'd be like, whatever, you know, dogs are all amazing. I'm just saying it's pretty cool to give a dog that might've been euthanized or that was, you know, on the streets, 
a loving home. But I don't know, and, and you guys can help me out, let me know, if there are miniature piglet rescues. Probably not because it's a very niche consumer. I'm going to be, instead of a crazy cat lady, I'm allergic to cats. Otherwise, I would have cats, but I'm allergic to cats. Instead of a crazy cat lady, I'm going to be the crazy piglet lady. My neighbor's going to be like, oh my God, yeah, Jennifer Tracy, she's that crazy piglet lady. She's got 20 piglets in that house. It's got to be against the law. Anyway, please enjoy my interview with Marnie Finkel. Thanks for listening, guys. Hi, Marnie. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for thinking of me. Of course. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I just have to start with, Marnie was the first mom ever um, at the elementary school where my son used to go. He's changing schools this year. It's very sad. But um, thank you. Yeah, we're going to miss you guys. But you were the first mom to talk to me and be nice to me. I was? Yeah, she's looking at me with such shock. Yeah. I didn't know this. You were. Yeah. And I've never forgotten it. You were just so kind and like made me feel welcome. Oh, wow. And Marnie was the first mom to be so kind to me. And I remember, and I will never forget this because I, every time I see you, I think of it. Marnie has perfect Pantene hair. Oh, shut, shut up. (laughs) That's crazy. No, it's not. It's really not. I think it's just an illusion because it's very long. No, no, because I do not do a thing. No, it's just genetics. I don't. Because some people, myself included, I cannot grow my hair past really shoulder length without it just getting ratty and gnarly. I just can't have long hair and have it be beautiful and thick. Oh, and See, I think mine is ratty. I don't, I don't, I like, it's like maybe twice a week I get to, I wash it. I literally wake up and it is, I woke up like this every day. Oh God. That's, so that's why I'm like, you're so, crazy. Crazy. well, it's beautiful hair. Thank and you. so I you were kind you. and you had beautiful hair <laughs> and you had three children. And I'm always in awe of people that have three children. I'm in awe of people that have Two ch- or any children, actually. Yes. Let's let's start there. But I have one, and you have three, and just the fact that you can like keep track of them is kind of amazing to me. It's harder all the time. I have to say, it was much easier when they were littler. You know, and everyone tells you, "Oh, this is the easy time. We just wait." And I take all that in. I don't, you know, roll my eyes when people give me advice about anything. You know especially with kids. Like, even though I have three, I'm, it's the same feelings you have when you have one, you know, I think it's, right. you're still overwhelmed. Cause you're just with in one. it. Yeah. You're just in it. You're in it, whether you're, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think just because there's three that it's any different for me than anyone else, you know, but, but, uh, but it is. <laughs> okay. It is. It is in a lot of <laughs> other ways, Yeah, but we all have the same, very, all have very similar what we're going through, yeah. you know, the worries, the, I don't know. I want to jump back to life pre-children, pre, pre-husband, pre-children. Who were you? <laughs> I was very different before kids. I was never the person who thought I'd have kids. I was not into babies. You know, people would have babies and be like, oh, you want to hold it? I'm like, not really. <laughs> no, I don't. Why would you want me to hold it? First of all, <laughs> it's cute, but I don't have nothing, do not know babies at all. And I never thought really that I would have babies. Although people tell me, oh yeah, you used to say you would have three or four kids. I'm like, I did? Like, I'm shocked. Interesting. Because I don't remember that at all. But once we got married, oh, you want to talk about before, so. That's okay. We can jump around. Okay. So I, yes, I was like a East Village, tough, 
always took care of myself, sarcastic, self-deprecating, suffered no fools, sort of pain, like, you know, that yeah. type of chick. Yeah. Um, and then I met Dave, who is not that. I mean, he wanted that. Like he, you know, he was attracted to that, but he's not that guy. And it really was a struggle at first for us, I think. You know, we got married, we, we dated for a year, got engaged, got married a year later. And for me, you know, I've always had long-term relationships, but they ended. And you would be like, okay, I'm done here. We're all moving on. and I, It's fine. And then I was like, okay, wait, I missed that part where now I'm married and I can't just be like, I'm done here. Yeah. And, but I still sort of had, those first six years were tough. We kind of got all our shit out in the first six years. That's like great. I it was like taming of the shrew. It was like I was like, like give me an example. Like what? He's just a very comes from a great family, very loving, very nurturing, the best husband, father you could possibly imagine. I mean, and not like self-deprecating, not like he's very kind. He's hilarious, you know, he's a comedian, comedy writer. It's a different type of humor. Like he really showed me how to have a real relationship. I feel like I had friends and I had boyfriends, but I didn't really know how to have an adult, responsible, caring relationship where you have to grow up. And in those first six years, it was always me thinking, you just don't get me. We're, maybe we don't, we're not supposed to be together. You're just immature. You don't get it. And then I come to realize, oh no, it was me. <laughs> like I needed to grow up. Like I was an asshole, you know? <laughs> And why did you stay with me? And thank God you did, you know? So we, those first five or six years, it was really like, I still am like, thank God we got past that and I didn't blow it and you didn't leave because I was a bitch, you know? So was it fighting? Was it a lot of fighting? It was a lot of misunderstanding each other. A lot of me being bratty and being harsh and sarcastic and him going, why? What do you... What's what are you so angry about? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no. And did you or have you yet figured out what you were angry about or yeah. what it was? Oh, I know. Like family oh, your family stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I come from a very different upbringing than he, than he does. So it was just that's who I became. I, mean, I I don't know. And it was also I think maybe a New York sensibility as opposed to like in LA, I don't know. He's from here. Yeah, and he's an only child. Lovely family. They're so amazing. And I'm from New York, New Jersey, three kids. We weren't like poor or anything. We had money, but rough upbringing, I yeah. suppose. Not, not the most. You had to become the scrappy yeah, chick you I was, described. Yeah, I was very independent from early on. Not very, you know, forthcoming to my family. We sort of separate. I mean, I'm close with them, but they they don't, it's not like they're in part of like a huge part of my taking care of myself. I have always done that. Right. You know? Right. So it probably felt unfamiliar to have a man who loved you, who wanted to take, take care, care of, of me. You. That was hard. Yeah, that was hard. Yeah, and still, like I still am like, it, now I'm now it's okay, but I still don't ask for it when I should. But it took many years for me to not take offense at that. If that's Isn't that crazy? Like, I would be like, who do you, why do you think I need help? You know, it would like, I, I was offended that he would be like, or his family even would overstep in. Like, what can we do? Can we do this? I'm like, no, I can do it myself. What are you talking now, about? Now, how you was know? that when you had, when you had the first 
Okay. So that's when the payoff sort of yes, happened for yes, me. Yes. So, you know, we, we didn't have kids right away. It was a few, maybe five, six years. And then I don't even, I was thinking about this last night. I don't even remember like the moment where we were like, okay, and now we have kids. Yeah, I don't even remember when that happened or why I thought we thought we want babies, but we started to try. And, you know, I was a little older. I was in my mid thirties and it didn't happen right away. So we did all those things that people do like act those, that crazy acupuncturists and then Clomid, which was a nightmare. And then IVF, like we went down the road. So we got pregnant with Roscoe after two rounds of IVF. And it, it was very, you know, I knew people who went through this. I'd heard horrible stories about people who just did it for years and it never worked. I was like, we we're fine. We're not going to be those people. Like we're lucky that, you know, we're able to do this and it'll work out. Like I, we never felt like uh, we were going through a horrible thing because we couldn't get pregnant. It was just like, we'll get pregnant and we're all healthy here. It's just taking us a little more than most people. So we got pregnant with Roscoe. And I remember I was, I, I went to therapy because of the hormones and everything. You kind of go a little mm. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and like you have all these like feelings and thoughts and crying a lot. And you're like, what, wait, wait, what am I doing? Is this, you doubt, I'm sure, you know? Yeah. So I had this, I went to this therapist just for a little while and I, I was mentioning all this stuff and how we're so different and, what am I going to do? And I, now I'm in it. I'm having a baby and we're, it's going to last this. We're going to stay together, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she's like, well, you're just going to, you know, a lot of, you got to be prepared that your kids or kid, whatever you wind up with, like are going to have both of your personalities in there. So you're going to have to deal with that. And that really scared me when she said that, because it never occurred to me but it's actually been the best thing in the world because all those things that Roscoe is, that's my first, my oldest, he is the kindest, sweetest. He really is. He's I an mean, exceptional he's human Dave. being. Aww. And so even the little quirky things that, you know, get bug you that the husband does or the spouse, I have come to love because it's really made me love Dave and his family, especially like. That is what my kids want, need and want and deserve is that, yeah. you know? I'm crying right now. <laughs> oh, you are not. But it really, I, that was like. Wow, that's so sweet. It really made me realize like those things about him are amazing. And I'm so happy my kids have that. And I now am like so much, I'm getting chills. I'm so much more like tolerable of all the, those things that I thought in my immaturity when we were first married were an issue with Dave. It's actually not. It's the best thing ever, you know? Yes. So, yeah. So then we just kept having them. Yeah, you <laughs> did. You did. Well, I mean, when you hit the jackpot, how could you not well, he try was, again? Yeah. I mean, and they're all very different. Roscoe is like an anomaly. Like, he is like so easy, always has been the sweetest, nice. I mean, he has his, you know, challenges. He's human, and, yeah. Yeah. But as far as personality and kid goes, he's always been that easy kid. Like, that really nice, empathetic, I don't know. That is Dave, 100%. He was that kid, you know? Yeah. So I want to cut back to the not the old Marnie not wanting to accept help. Okay. And then Marnie as a new mom. Okay. Still not wanting to. <laughs> did you still not want to accept yeah, help? Okay. Still. So what did that look like? Okay. So I had we had Roscoe and I always worked, like I said. I've had a job since I was 14. Like always supported myself. And uh I just assumed, oh, I'll just go back to work. Even, you were in the industry, in the yeah, Hollywood I was in the, industry, yeah, yeah. casting or something. Casting, right. Yeah. I started in locations in New York on sets. And then I moved, when I moved here, 
I got into casting. So I was doing that, I don't know, maybe six years before we had Roscoe. And it just so happened when I got pregnant with him, Dave got a job in New York on 30 Rock for the first season. So we moved when I was six months pregnant. So when we got there, I just, I didn't work. You know, I didn't get a job because no one's going to hire a six month pregnant. Why? You know, so I just hung out at home, cried a lot by myself Mm. in our empty apartment. (laughs) Sort of lost my mind, but I was, but in a good way, it's fine. It's hormones. We had Roscoe and I was like, oh no, I'm not going back to work. Like, this is what I want to do. Never had a thought of that before he came out of me. It was always, I guess I'll go back. I got to go back. Like, that's what I do. And that I had no interest. This is what I wanted to do. I want to be home with him, not getting a nanny. There's no way. He, this is my kid. You know, I was that woman, you know, who just, but it was, it also turned when I was first, when he first was around the first few weeks, I had postpartum and didn't know it. Like most people, a lot of people do. And I was, you know, wouldn't let people hold him, was going to the pediatrician every other day to have him weighed. Like, Worrying I wasn't making enough meal, what's going on? You know, just we did went through all of that in those first like five, six weeks until finally our pediatrician was like, you know, I think you might have some postpartum. She's like, Has you, have you thought about it? I'm like, no, I had no idea. No idea. I just being super anxiety. How could you? You've I never know, done this no. before. You worried yeah. about every yeah. little thing. And so like, great that she called yes. it. Because that's pretty rare. I've not heard of that yeah. happening very no, often. No, because I didn't have like depression. I had depression while I was pregnant, but I think that was more just being lonely because we were in the city and I knew nobody anymore there because all my friends had left. And he was working like till four in the morning every day. And so I cried a lot. And that was when I had that. But afterwards, it was anxiety. So they put me on Lexapro, my gynecologist, OB. And it was like, why didn't I discover mm. this 20 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it's, it was a, like a life changer. So everything was like amazing after that. You know, it was the, ba- the baby stuff I just got a hang of. He was amazing. Again, like I said, he's just very easy. I spent all my every moment of the day with him just super happy, super happy. Oh. And you were you stayed in New York. We stayed with in New Dave. York until he was. We were only there for a year, and then we wound up coming back. And so we came back when he was, I guess, nine, ten months old. And then we, yeah, we've been here. And, and was Dave still in New York? No, no, we both came back. They, okay. only, they were only there for the first season. Oh, copy that. Yeah. Okay, got it. Copy that. There's copy my that. old. Sorry, my old uh, Hollywood days yeah. coming back. <laughs> um, right, because it's hard. Still, you know, Dave has always written. And there have yes. been times, uh, re- even recently, where he's, he has to travel and be out of town. You yes. guys have separated. He was in New York for something else. Or I can't remember. Am I getting that wrong? He's frequently, um, you know, he goes some little, not a lot time, but he works when he's here. He works crazy hours, like on new, when he's on a new show or when it's just getting its footing. It's like, yeah, sometimes I don't see him for a couple of days because yeah. he sleeps at the office. It's crazy. With three kids, that was nuts. That so was you're nuts. single parenting three children quite often. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But he's very involved. I mean, more so than most. Yes, I can attest to that because I've seen yeah. you guys in motion. And he's when he's not working, he's he very present yeah. and like takes the reins and kind of takes oh, over God. for you. Like he and- wants to, you know, he wants to do all these. He's always like finding fun things on the weekends to do with them. Like he's super into it. So yeah. I'm so lucky. Yeah. Okay. So you have Roscoe. Yeah. Then you get pregnant again. Yeah. Then you have two kids. You have a yeah. toddler 
they're about, they're 23 months apart, the two boys. Wow. So they were both in diapers. They were both not in school yet. What was that like? It was kind of fun because they, they're so close in age that they did, they were still both babies and I could just do the same thing for both of them. So we would just spend our days like one day we'd go to the zoo. One day we'd go to the play place. We had like a routine where every day we'd go do something. One day I'd go to the museum. That's so great. And And you had the energy because were you still on the medication? Well, I went off when, when we were trying for Clyde, they weaned, weaned me down and off and then wasn't on it when I was pregnant. It was fine. Actually, that was an easy pregnancy that second time. And I think because I was so active with Roscoe, that it didn't, you know, I was physically active. And and then when I, after Clyde was when I had, I did get it again and went right back on. Like it was a lower dose, but went right back on because I knew what was happening. Was it the same symptoms? No, it was a little more like overwhelmed with having the two. And, you know, you when you have the second one, you have a lot of guilt of my, this was my baby and why am I bringing this other child? And oh my God, like you get a, you get a lot of that. It's very normal. I, mm. With the second kid, like you just feel like mm-hmm. you feel guilty, you know, for the first one. Um, so, yeah, again, there's like that two, three month sort of adjustment period. And then you're back in your routine. You're like, OK, I, I, I got this. Like, this is the diaper change. This is the this. We, I put him in the sling and we go do Roscoe's little music class. And I know when he needs to be fed. And that stuff is much easier to get back into because you've already done it. And you're sort of on the older kid's schedule. So the, the baby just comes along and everyone's happy. That's so great. Yeah. Wow. That feels to me, because I never did that. So that just feels, I, I, that's so foreign to me, but I admire that. I really believe, because that's not true for everybody. I mean, it's very overwhelming and some people, it's just not, they don't, they just can't get it together. And I, that's totally fine too, you know, but I really believe that my uh, work experience helped me with the kids and able to just be like, yeah, let's just do it again. Let's do it again. Because like when you're in production, it is nonstop and you have to in just multitask thousands of things a day and everything's an emergency and everything's like, you know what I mean? So you're used to that sort of level of you're adapting, get it done, get it done, get yeah, it yeah, done, yeah. you know? Right. So, and people coming at you. Yeah. And coming you at know, you. Yeah. yeah. So, so having two was of like, your own children is like, yeah. right. Yeah. I can handle you. Yeah. Or yeah. at least get back into your routine. You're new, yes. easier to kind of get your head around it. You know what works. Right. So you're moving and grooving. You've got these two little boys and then you have a third. Yeah, we have a third. And, how, and that was, oh, go ahead. How much farther apart? Trixie is a little over three years younger than Clyde. And just to say, cute, I mean, there's just <laughs> the cuteness of Trixie. Cute isn't even the right word because like, I just feel like she is cute. Like you would, you would like cut, o- cut her open and cute would just ooze <laughs> out like of her. She's just the cutest. Jelly beans and flowers. Yeah, literally like little unicorns would fly <laughs> yeah. out of her skin. She is so ridiculously adorable. Everyone has reacted that way to her since day one. And I don't know. I mean, I know she's cute. She's a little girl, but the, no, there's something I guess about her. Cause it's like everyone level. gets that. And her name is Trixie. I know. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> this little blonde, precious angel. Anyway. So you have Trixie. Yes. And then after Trixie, it was actually ahead. That's when I had my worst postpartum. And I don't know if it was uh, the female hormones of having a girl. I don't know. Oh, interesting. That was when I started to have, I had panic attacks that I'd never had before. I couldn't even hold her, which was the opposite of what the other babies. I was like, nobody else can hold her. But I was like, I can't even look at her. for like a good two, three, two weeks. I would say it was really bad. And Dave was like, 
would hold her and I would just, and the boys would be sitting at the table while he was making dinner, while he had her in the Bjorn. And I would just look at him from the couch, like sweating, like a freak, like a freaking out and going, I don't know how you're doing that right now. Like, I don't even know how you can do that right now. I can't even look at it. Like, it looks so overwhelming to me. And so I went back. <laughs> to Yeah. And honestly, it was like a good two weeks. And then it was, it slowly got better. And it was a thing where I had to just do it. He's like, take the baby, feed the baby. And I would just have to be sitting there nursing her while I'm having a little bit of anxiety and I'm sweating. And, but I just, I got to do it. I got to do it because he had to go back to work. I mean, he was in the middle of a first season on a very demanding show where he was not home at all. Like, so he took like, I think a week and a half off, but then he had to go back, you know? And that was tough. That was tough. Because the boys were little. They were still, I don't know if they were both still in a crib. They might have both still in cribs. Or maybe just Clyde was in a crib and Roscoe was not. But, you know, I still had to put them to bed and get their routine at night. And I had this, I had the witching hour. I had the screaming baby. It was, it was, it was a lot. That, that was hard. Because there was no one there to hold hand it off to. It was really hard. So sometimes... And you're so desperate to get back in your routine. You're like, no, this baby's going to sleep. It's seven o'clock. That's when we all go to, that's when all the kids go to sleep. But it's like the baby doesn't. You can't control yeah. it. Yeah. So I would sp- pace her room in the dark with the shushing and the, the white noise for like two hours sometimes. Like, why are you not going to sleep? This is insane. Like, and he would sometimes come home. It was like a 30, 40 minute drive from Fox. He would come home just to take the baby and put her, get her to go to sleep. And it, sometimes it would take him 20 minutes because that was when she probably would have gone. But I was losing my mind. And then the, I could get the boys to sleep and then he could go back to work. Wow. And he would drive all the way back to work and then come home at like, you know, three in the morning. Like, or not at all sometimes at sleep in the office. But as long as like I could get the boys to sleep so then I could deal with her feedings at night and I didn't have three of them. It was a nightmare. <laughs> That was the hardest. Wow. And when did it start to it get again? It got better like three, four months because thankfully, and I think this is one of the big reasons we just it was easy for us to just say, let's do it again, is they all slept. Yes. Like through the night, four months, maybe five, slept through the night. Or at least slept till with one feeding it. Like they wake up at like 4 a.m. as opposed to every two hours. I mean, it was, it got easier quickly with all three of them. And they still, they sleep. They've never been like kids that wake up in the night all night long. They just don't, have, they don't do that. That so, makes all the difference. Huge difference. I mean, I have friends with kids our age who their kids still don't sleep. They still, I know it's, that's more the norm. So for us, we got lucky with that. I don't know that's how. That's huge. The sleep thing to me is the biggest Piece because I've always been, since I can remember, if I don't get my proper sleep, I am a mess. And so that just affects everyone in the household. Yeah. yeah. And especially when they're newborns, it's like a never ending day. You don't, you yeah. feel like you're, it's like, is how many days have gone by? It's only been a day. It yeah. feels like a month, you know? <laughs> it's so And true. that screws with you, you know, that really messes you up. So it helps a lot just to get sleep. And feel like you know what time it is and what needs to get done, then you know. I want to talk about your um, your business. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, so um, Marnie makes these exquisite pieces of jewelry, hand- handmade, 
Um, I should let you talk about it. And I want to know, like, what was the transition that made you start to think, or maybe there was something else that I don't know about that you wanted to work again, that you wanted to have something for yourself, that you wanted to make money. Like what, when did that happen? So the kids were all in school. I think Trixie was in preschool. The boys were both in, you know, uh, elementary. And so I had more time during the day and it just so happened to occur that we went to this, this family camp called Idlewild family camp. It's up in Idlewild. We have a friend that's been going for 20 years with her son. It's like, it's like one of those places where it's a family, like the same people go every year. And she's always been like, you guys should come. We're like, fine, we'll go. One year we went and it's just a week. And it was the best experience. Like the kids loved it. We loved it. it. It's this open thing where they have like 30 some odd classes in all different areas of art. There's like ceramics and jewelry and silk painting and anything you can imagine, even like understanding Shakespeare was one of them. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool. cool. And it's like every night at four, there's a happy hour. And then you have, you all have dinner at the, at the, in the cafeteria. Cause it's a, um, it's a school, it's a boarding school during the year. Cool. Art school. Yeah. Great idea. Then they take the kids, the kids do their own section. So after breakfast, all the kids get taken by their counselors for the day. So you can go do your whatever you want. And you can go in and out of whatever class you want. You don't have to like sign up for something. You're just like, oh, what's going on over here? I'll hop in, do a silk painting on a scarf thing. I don't know. So the first day, that's what I did. I just hopped around to like three different classes. And the last one was jewelry, just because it happened to be right next door to the one I was in. And I, I've never really been that interested in jewelry or anything. I love fashion. I wound up going to fit them at one point after I stopped casting before we had the kids. Um, so I do love that. I wanted to be like a trend reporter, you know, never, it never happened. You did? Yeah. Wait, wait, what is a trend reporter? Uh, uh, I'm getting the terminology wrong. A trend. I'm so brain dead. Forecaster. Oh, oh, okay. No, they have these services where I see you can, it's, there's a different ways to do it, but there's the one I worked for for a little while was specifically color trend forecasting where they, you get, you subscribe to get their fall preview their spring their winter and it's like macy's and designers and even car designers yeah. will subscribe to the service and you just get like a look board and a and a mood board and like a sampling of colors that are going to be the next color schemes that are going to be out and i got super into that um but i didn't stay there long i wound up going back to casting because <laughs> it was a little after i graduated and did that i realized it's a little too corporate. Like it was downtown in an office. I just wasn't used to that after working production being around, you know, wasn't so much an office gig. So I was always into fashion. Um, so I went into the jewelry class and I just started messing around. I didn't know anything about it. And, um, she had all these beads. She had a ton of supplies. And then underneath the table were these bags of all of these little seed beads of tons of different colors. And I was like, what are those? And she's like, Oh, I didn't put those out. Cause there's like not a lot of people get into those are so tiny. I was like, Oh, I love the colors. And I started picking up different bags. She's like, take, do what you want. Like, I'm like, how do you do it? And she showed me, well, you can use it on this wire or you can put it on string and there's different things. So I just started sitting there all day long, just putting little beads on this wire and making these long necklaces. And, you know, they were much different than what I wound up doing when I started the, the business, but that's the first thing I made. And I was like, it's so into it. It was like these little, I found these also these little metal bars that she had had. And I mixed those together and I, I just got really into it. And I spent the rest of the week in that class. I would go to jewelry every day and spend the whole day in there. 
Wow. I didn't do anything else. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I just got it's really like into you it. discovered this yeah. piece of yourself. In this. And I think for the beating thing, it's just very like monotonous and you can just, I get into that. Like just doing the same thing over and over again. I get like a little, like it's just so much, it's so, you can clear your mind, you can think and you see the progress as you're getting it along. It's like a really rewarding thing, you know? Yeah, makes sense. So then we came home and I had asked her, so where can I get supplies? And she gave me like, you know, like crafty sort of website to go to. And I bought a bunch of stuff, just like crimpers and stuff. And I did that at first. And then I would go to Michael's so I could see things in person because it's hard to grasp on a website how big the beads are. And then, so I sort of learned by seeing them in person of like, oh, this, when it says this size, like a 14 slash zero, that's how big it's going to be when I get it in the mail, you know? So you sort of learn, you know, all these things. So then I I went and I found like a supplier up in um, Northern California and I, and I got my wholesale license and I started making them to sell. And the first thing I ever really did, I think I did a, I think I, the first thing I did was the little um, like craft fair or holiday fair at Trixie's preschool. And I had made a bunch of stuff and colors and I was not good at editing, by the way, I just make a ton of different things. And it's like, there's no like collection. It's just me being like, here, like here are a hundred of them. <laughs> like, I don't know. So I did that. I was so nervous. And I was just standing there behind my little table. I took it all so seriously because I tend to do that and like made displays and like just stood there, you know, and I loved it. I, and I remember thinking to myself, kill me if I'm ever that person who has to stand at a craft fair all day behind my table. Cause I could, I couldn't, <laughs> Going to them, you're like, I feel bad for these people. <laughs> like half of them are just sitting there looking, go like, please buy my things. And you're you're like, okay, no, I don't need a set of watercolor, you know, cards. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, they're beautiful, but I'm not buying them. <laughs> but now I you're do. You're one them. of those people. <laughs> I do it and I because I don't care. I, like I don't get desperate. I don't, it's not my like. It's not putting our kids to school. It's my hobby that pays for itself. And I make a little something. I make a little extra. There's always money in the bank in that account. And that makes me feel good, you know? And I do want to grow it, but I, that's a whole other, I don't know how to do that. So I'm, that's the, the thing where I have to, I feel like I need to like apprentice with somebody who, you know, and I have no idea what I'm doing on that end. Like I try the Instagram stuff. It's like a whole other job. Oh, it like, really it's is. crazy. Oh, yeah. And it's I'm, a full-time thing. Yes. And I'm like, what am I like made another necklace? Hashtag jewelry. Like, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. Like, is that too many hashtags? Not enough. Am I bothering you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm annoyed by myself. Do when, I do these stories now? What's a face yeah, filter? Like, I can't yeah, do any. Yeah, I just can't be I I try, but ugh, it's it's a lot. So, but the so then I started with that. But then I was like, I want to really, I want to learn how to do more crap, like actual making real jewelry. It just so happens that my father-in-law is a craftsman. Dave's oh, father. I didn't know that. He is a master craft. Like he knows how to do everything. So he used to work in the garment industry and he had a sort of like, like moment in his life where he's like, I hate my job. I hate my life. This is what I want to do. Cause he's always been on the side, like a craftsman. So he quit his job and he started a shop in his uh, garage and he was making like saddles and leather goods. And then he got into jewelry. This is over like 30 years span. And he's like amazing. Like, he's one of those people that does it all from scratch. Like he tanned his own leather. 
Like he bought like raw cow hides and blood brain tanned the leather in their backyard when Dave was a kid. Like he makes it from scratch. Sometimes he makes his own tools. He made his own lathe. (laughs) Wow. Like a hand pumped lathe, a foot pumped lathe. He's amazing. So they had always said to me over the years, if you ever want to learn, because Dave's, that's not Dave's thing and he's the only child. If you ever want to learn, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, no. Like I never had the interest all these years until I, now I'm doing it. And I'm like, why didn't I take him up on that? Like, so now he, like I went up there a few times and it was great. Like we hung out in the garage. Like he showed me how to do, whenever I have a question of like, how did they make that ring that little band around it. Like what's, how did they do that? And he figures it out. Like, and he shows me and he has every tool you could possibly need. So I know what I need and then I can go get it. So then I set up my shop back here and. That's incredible. Yeah. So you just so I got a lucky. mentor. Yes, totally. And then I took a bunch of classes. I took soldering classes and metalworking classes. And I took a few things up at Barnstall Art Park, which is a great find. I love that place. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I learn. I watch YouTube videos i follow tons of other artisans on youtube and watch them make things all the time like it's it's become like like everything else i do in life i get a little obsessive about you know so yeah that's where i grew from you recently went not recently but a couple months ago you went to the gem show yes in tucson and the gem show for those of you that don't know is this well, I'll tell you tell what it is. Okay, so there's this, this thing which again my in-laws would always tell me you should go cuz they would go over the years. It's called the Tucson Gem Show and it's I think the biggest gem show in the United States and it's the big one is I feel like it was in February. They have them throughout the year but the big big one is in February and it's literally like maybe like 30 to 50 different shows all around this one area of Tucson. I really want to go to that it's next year. Really crazy. Yeah. So they, there's tents set up in certain places, but then they, there's also whole motels. They'll take over the entire motel. So every there's a vendor in every room. So they've basically moved into the hotel for a month. It's like a day's in or whatever. And do they come to these vendors come from all over all the over world? the world? So there's also like an entire African village where it's just all people from Africa with beads and mud cloths, like piles of them, and some furniture. You know those little like hand carved wooden benches and totem poles and amazing like but the thing is is there's so much of all of this stuff that you walk in and you're like oh my god like the first overwhelming yeah like the first thing i went into i just was like as far as the eye can see like oh i like this piece of turquoise oh wait it goes on for like a mile and all you see is turquoise it's crazy like it was crazy the amount of stuff how did you narrow down what you brought home with you? So before I went, I did some, a little, not a lot, but a little bit of research. And I know for me, what I do, I know what I need. So I didn't want to like go beyond that this time. I can always go back when I start, you, you know, like a lot of it is people selling a rough stone that you cut for lapidary artists who cut their own stones and have that equipment, which I've done at my father-in-law's house because he does that. But I don't do, I would rather just buy my cabochons, which are the things you see in rings, you know. And stones and whatever and beads. So like I had to sort of edit my own wants and needs and say, this is what I want to look for. I also want to look for some tools if there's some tool vendors and I need, I know I need some beads and my bead person was going to be there. So I knew I was going to visit her and I want to look for, you know, these kind of stones, these sort of faceted ones. Like I knew what I wanted. So the first day I really, I drove, which was amazing because it's like seven hours straight. And 
I was by myself. What, <laughs> did you listen to podcasts? I listened to podcasts. <laughs> I listened to book on tape, but I listened to some podcasts and KCRW. I got the apps. So I just listened to that most of the way. It was nice to just feel like you're not far from home. And and yeah, so I did that. And and the first day I walked around and I didn't really buy much because I just was trying to get my get not overwhelmed with, okay, I don't want to walk past this because what if I don't see it again? Like that you don't do there because you will see it again. Like there's nothing you won't see a thousand times over. You just kind of, the best thing to do, my in-laws told me this, just walk around the first day and sort of see what they, what's out there. And then you'll get your, and you sort of get so, there's so much of it. You sort of don't, you're like, ah, (laughs) like I thought I'd buy, you know, some crystals for the house, but there's like a thousand billion crystals. Like, I can't even look at these anymore. Like, I don't need a crystal. No, I don't want any crystals. Yeah. So the first day I did that. Second day I got more of like, okay, I'll buy, I got to sort of break myself in. I'll buy something. And I bought like an expensive piece of turquoise. Like one little thing at turquoise was so like for a little, I still haven't used it in anything. (laughs) One little piece of turquoise, one stone was like crazy expensive. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. What, so What's crazy expensive? It was like 50 bucks just for the little stone. Wow. Which is a lot for what I do. It's not like I'm a, you know, fancy, you know, diamonds and whatever, you know, maybe one. I hope one day that would be me. But right now I know what my limits are, you know? So, and I don't want to buy, I don't want to make things that are outpriced for what I do. I want to be able to sell it and feel good about the price and not feel like I'm gouging or yeah. it's too much, you know, cause it's just me. I'm not like Tiffany's, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I won't buy things that are very expensive for that reason as well, you know? So, uh, so yeah, but I did do that just because I felt like that's what you do when you go to Tucson, you buy, you buy turquoise yeah. and it's all that expensive. Even though there's like a ton of stuff you think, Oh, it's going to be cheap because there's literally thousands of it, but no, they're all, and there's expensive. thousands of people there. There, yeah. So it's just swarms of people around these. Yeah, but it's not that crowded because there's so many places. So you're not like in crowds. Like there's a th- there's so many shows that people are spread out throughout town all day long. So, so yeah. So and then you know I got into like I found some good vendors where like these are exact things I I need to buy and I spent like two hours at this one guy's setup and he had like a giant area with so many cool. That's the ones that you bought, the amethyst, like those cool sort of freeform faceted. I loved those. I bought a ton from him. Like I spent most of my money at that guy's stall. It wasn't even a stall. It was like half the floor, but it was great. Like I spent like two hours and bought, just bought the nicest stones from that. And do you, like, I'm just starting to learn about crystals and, and is it, is it gemstones? Gemstones. Yeah. yeah. Gemstones. Semi-precious. Okay. Semi-precious. And how I have another friend who um, knows more about it, but that they all hold this meaning. Yeah. And so, and you talk about it a little bit with your jewelry. I do what? some, a little, cause it's hard to keep, it's hard to remember all of the information, but I did get into that. Like, I really like, um, pray, there's a stone called pray night. I have a necklace. I'm not wearing it, of course, that I really like. And, and it's like this green sort of almost see-through with, and it has these like, uh, black sort of stripes on it, and it's it's a very pretty stone. Did you buy a pray night ring? I feel like you might have. Somebody, I bought an amethyst else. and a sapphire. And a sapphire, right? It's really pretty. So I got into that. I bought a bead, pray night beads, pray night like little bars for necklaces and st- tons of stone. That's more like for um, protection and healing and calmness and 
And I, I bought a few, I have those gemstone books, you know, that have all the meanings and stuff. And I would put it on my website whenever I'd make something because I do love that. But it's hard to keep all that s- straight. So like even when I'm doing craft for people who are, you know, everyone's into that right now. And they know, like they all know. And I'll have somebody ask me, so what does this mean? And I'm like, oh, oh, mm. I, I can look it up. Like I'm like so unprepared. Like I should know this. I don't know. I have to look it up. <laughs> oh, I would have to look it up too. There's so many stones and there's, a, and, and I find too, like some of the, the meanings are overlapping. Yeah, they're very overlapping. So, so I don't know. Yeah. If yeah. someone asked me that, I'd be like, oh, that's a good stone for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. That'll help you with exactly. a lot of things. Yeah. You'll, you'll feel better. You should buy it. That's exactly what you should just do. Because it's true. Yeah, it is. They all are <laughs> They're good. all helpful. They'll all help you. It's true. So now, okay, so you have... Oh my gosh, the time has just flown. Oh, it's right because I am blabbing on. Like, okay. well, that's what you're supposed I guess to do. So, yeah. <laughs> we will include Marnie's website, but let's just say it here. So it's Marnie M A. No, it's Wilkins Design. Wilkins Studio. W I L K E N S S T U D I O dot com. That was so milfy the way you just Ooh. did that. Oh my god, <laughs> that was really sexy. <laughs> I can say it again. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. Yeah. What's your Instagram handle? It's at Wilkins underscore studio. Yes. Okay, cool. And I will say also, Marnie posted a picture on Instagram right after the Gems show, after you came back from that, and you had made this one that was Rose Quartz. Mm -hmm. And it was one of my best friend's birthday, her birthday. And I couldn't text you fast. I couldn't get off the Instagram app fast enough and text you. I was like, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I I loved it. It would make oh, me feel so good. It's such a beautiful ring. And she wears it. She she got married uh, two years ago and she opened it up and she said, "How?" and they're trying to have a baby. And she said, how did you know I wanted one for my other hand? And it's rose quartz and it has this meaning. And oh, was, yeah. You do know. And I was like, mm, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> it's really good. It's a good you. stone for you. Yeah, it's a really good stone for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And then I bought my The same thing happened. You posted one that was amethyst, I think. And I texted you. I'm like, bring it. Bring it to yeah. school right now. I'll bring the cash. <laughs> bring the stone. I am like the jewelry dealer at, really at school. Are. Like it's it's really cool. Like I, because I don't know what I'm doing, people. Like I, but it doesn't look like that. No, I know. But like most of us, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, that's for sure. And thank God it doesn't look like that, or we'd all be exposed. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like it's always surprising to me when people like my things because it's just me making it. Like I, but I was just gonna say it's because it's you making it. That's very nice. You are that very kind, beautiful woman oh with the Pantene hair, whether you say it or not, you are. <laughs> and that energy comes through in the jewelry. That's very nice. And so it's it's aesthetically beautiful. The pieces and your artwork is beautiful, but it's you. And it's like getting a little piece of Marnie to, that we get very, to carry around and wear. I like that. So, okay, I'm going to ask you. Is this the crazy question time? Sort of crazy questions, okay. but first I'm going to ask you three normal questions that I ask every guest. Okay. And then we'll go into the lightning round. Okay. Fun, fun part. <laughs> so the first question is, what do you think about when you hear the word MILF? Oh, well, initially when you, you had texted me about the MILF and I was like, me? Like, <laughs> well, are you sure? Like, uh, okay, if you think I'm a MILF. And then I read the thing and it was Mothers I love to follow or I'd like to follow. And I was like, that's cool. 
And I was super excited. I was like, I, that's a great idea. You but should do you that. You are a MILF in the traditional sense as well. Know. Well, maybe. And, and I'm if going you're to into disclose like Italian Jews from Jersey hysterical. who are, you know, not too tall. And then, yeah, I guess I'm a and MILF. And really hot. Okay. <laughs> and I had texted, I had found you guys. On, for some reason, I had you and Dave on a text chain. I think because when we kept Clyde overnight oh, or something. Yeah. And I typed it in and it typed Dave's in too. And I said, we, Marnie, will you be a guest on my show? And Dave was the first one to respond. He was like, oh, Marnie's the milfiest milf I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so sweet. It was such a sweet, supportive he's, yeah. response. And funny, of course, because yeah. he's hysterical. What is something you've changed your mind about recently? Keep going back and forth. But this is not a surprise to anybody that have another kid mm. but we're old that's the only mm. intuition <laughs> oh tuition my god tuition it's a killer it's a killer like i i we go through this all the time really yeah i mean dave is like no obviously <laughs> if we had stairs in our house you'd be going down them if like he's joking right. but you know I'm, <laughs> right. and i'm i'm always absolutely like why not our kids are great and everyone around us is always like have another kid why are you not having another kid because we have great kids and we're happy with that like we're super happy having kids not a lot of people are and i get that it's yeah. a lot but uh this is what i this is like we're so super happy but you know i'm older so I don't know if it'll happen. So I go back and forth. And then, you know, when they're a pain in the ass, that's when I change my mind. You're like, it's, we're good with three. <laughs> yeah, we're good with three. I'm I like sleeping. the urologist. You're getting a vasectomy <laughs> yeah, on Tuesday. Right. Third question. How do you define success? Well, it's not monetarily uh, ever. It's, it's more if you have found something that, that you like doing and you have the courage to do it. You don't even have to be good at it. You don't even have to be like great at it. Just if you're happy doing it and you found a way to make that work and live a functional life and yeah, have, pay your bills, that's success, mm. you know, for sure. I like that. Okay. Lightning round. Mm. It's brief. Okay. Beach or desert? Desert. Netflix binge or fresh novel? That's tough because I'm very into the... I don't really read novels that I read nonfiction. Okay. So then ne we'll, Netflix. We'll, we'll change it for you. I'll say, okay, nonfiction. I'm okay. Reading things beyond my capabilities, but I do that. I'm reading them. <laughs> go to the movies or go to a play? A play. Daytime sex or nighttime Daytime. sex? Daytime. Texting or talking? That's tough. Maybe talking. Cat person or dog person? Both. So can I say both? Yes. Okay. You can say whatever you want, whatever <laughs> comes to mind. <laughs> Massage or yoga? Yoga. Shower or bathtub? Probably shower. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at ping pong? Oh, probably a five. Okay. Is there beer involved? <laughs> and I'm like an eight. For you, yes. Like, oh, I'd be an eight. Okay. Yeah. I would so think I was an eight. We've got beer. We can get whatever you okay. want. We got shots. Yeah. The then whole I'm thing. totally an eight when I'm, yeah. If you could push a button and have perfect skin for the rest of your life, but it would also give you incurable halitosis <laughs> for the rest of your life. Would you push it? No. <laughs> no. I would spend a lot of time buying beauty supplies and creams and things. <laughs> Superpower choice. Invisibility or ability to fly? Fly. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is? 
or a third eye. Oh, and a, I that's mean a literal bizarre. third. Eye. <laughs> the hell? Uh how big is my penis? <laughs> it's huge. Oh, and functional. By functional. The way. Yeah, I'd say penis. Yep, got it. What? Now I already know the answer to this question, okay. so I'm so excited to hear it again. <laughs> What was the name of your first pet? Oh, <laughs> I forgot you knew that. Pussy. <laughs> and what was the name of the street you grew up on? Fenimore. Oh was my it God. Fenimore? Was it? I think it Pussy was. Fenimore? I mean, there's nothing. That's That was my, what was that? Your, your stripper porn name. name or porn yeah, name? Either one. And Take the best was my grandmother. My like really spicy smoke, chain smoking grandmother would yell, Pussy! <laughs> Throughout the neighborhood, because it was an outdoor cat. Pussy! <laughs> the best. So much. It makes me so happy. Pussy Fenimore, ladies Pussy and Fenimore. gentlemen. Thank you Signing so much, off. Marnie. Thank you for being on the show. That should I should do an Instagram. Like, I mean, just Pussy Fenimore. For sure. For sure. With like a talking cat or yeah, something. Yeah. Thank right. you for having me. This was not as scary as I thought it was going to be. See, I knew you'd be a natural. Yeah. I knew it. All right. Thanks, doll. Thanks so much for listening, guys, to my interview with Marnie. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week on the show, I have a Broadway actress, Blair Goldberg, currently in Kinky Boots on Broadway. Please head on over to milfpodcast.com and check us out. You can get all the links there to all our stuff and subscribe and hit us up with your email so we can keep you apprised of all things milfy. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.